holidays, which is kind of a shortened version of holy days, are mostly good, but they're often very messy, aren't they? We just came home from a big family gathering in Chicago filled with rapid COVID tests. It's a lot of swabs. Uh, a dog that chased, killed, and partially ate a rabbit. Car keys lost on a dark Chicago beach. And three nights of wicked insomnia for you know who. But we were together. So you take the good with the bad. And before the leftovers are even gone, we find ourselves turning our hearts toward Christmas and entering, as Jeff referred to, this Advent season, this season of waiting once again to celebrate the birth of the Christ child. And I want to make a warm welcome to all of our friends here, any guests and visitors who are still in town for the holiday or who are joining us for the first time, and of course, all of you who are joining us from home, um, we are so glad that you're worshiping with us this morning. So let's continue to be honest, okay? The Christmas season, the Advent season, this whole next month is very often messy for all of us. For some, the mess is literal. You know who you are. Well, for others, you know, the mess is painful. It's more internal. But too often the holiday is depicted as neat and tidy. I mean, just look at this Christmas card picturing Mary. She's got a little bird on her shoulder here. Baby Jesus looking like a full-grown toddler. Just kind of in white cloths and linens. I have strong doubts about the reality of this photo. Okay? Every woman who has ever given birth, and many of you men who have witnessed it, look much closer to this, am I right? <laughs> I mean, this really could be most of our Christmas photos. That wouldn't sell. Not to mention poor Mary gave birth in a barn with her not-yet-husband playing midwife. No epidurals. Let's ponder that. Okay. So we're going to spend these next four weeks as we move toward Christmas Eve exploring how that very first Christmas was lived out by people who agreed to step into the mess of the Advent story in order to play their part in God's plan. God's plan to come to this earth to save us all from our self-created, sin-created messes. So let's just look at Mary's story this morning and how she said yes to the mess. Did you see what I just did there, friends? Yes to the mess. If you don't know what I'm talking about, ask probably a, a lady. Um, she said yes to the mess in order to trust God with everything. So we're going to read this. For some of you, this is a very familiar story. It will be on the screens. I'm just going to read right from the Gospel of Luke Chapter 1, starting with verse 26. This is what Luke writes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. 
Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Can you even imagine this? I want to look at this morning three ways that Mary said yes to the mess. And I want to think about then how God might be asking each one of us in the room this morning and watching online how God might be asking us to say yes to the mess just like her. So first of all, Mary said yes to the mess with her reputation. See, when Mary whispered at the end of this story from Luke, I am the Lord's servant. May it be, may your word to me be fulfilled. She was putting her entire reputation on the line. Okay, she was young, probably somewhere between 13 and 16. She was pledged to be married, but she was not yet married. And to become pregnant before the wedding meant that the neighborhood gossips would begin their destructive verbal whirlwind as soon as the secret was out. And Mary knew this. But she decided to ignore the certain scorn of her community all because the approval of God mattered to her more than her own reputation. Mary said yes to the mess with her reputation. And I'm not sure I'm that brave. Are you? Some of us might be sensing this holiday, maybe for the first time ever. Maybe you're going to try this again. Some of us might be sensing God asking us to stop chasing after perfection this Advent season. To give up the effort to pull off the perfect Christmas. And to simply embrace the mess and the imperfection. And to find beauty in that. Some of us need to say yes to the mess literally. And that may mean moving away from the constant struggle to curate perfectly posed Christmas photos. And instead, maybe send something more like this one. This is my favorite. I don't know if you can see this, but this is like 18 children, all dressed in the same Christmas ensemble as mom and dad. Maybe a few other random people stuck in there from the neighborhood. Or perhaps this photo. This is my favorite. <laughs> Merry Christmas, right? <laughs> I love that. We laugh. 
you guys, but some of us are perfecting ourselves and our families to death. And God is whispering us to stop. Maybe saying yes to the mess like Mary did with our reputation might mean choosing to take Jesus seriously for the first time in our lives. Not as a baby, right, to give us an excuse to celebrate, but as king, lord of the world, but also of our own messy lives, which if we're honest, might put our reputation in the crosshairs of our friends or our families, scorn or judgment. Or perhaps, you know, you might feel compelled to offer a simple invitation to a friend or a coworker or a neighbor to one of our Christmas Eve services here. Everyone is welcome, no restrictions. Everyone is invited, but you know what? You still might be afraid to issue that invitation, right? Afraid of rejection, afraid of what they might think of you. Wait a minute, you go to church? That can be real messy. I don't know what it might be for you. Where are you working so hard to keep your reputation under your own control? God knows. And he's whispering to some of us, or maybe even yelling, (laughs) take a risk. Let it go. Say yes to the mess. Trust your reputation with me. I got your back. I got your back. So the second place Mary says yes to the mess that first Christmas was with her future. No big deal, right? Her reputation, and then her future. In a different account of the Advent story, in the Gospel of Matthew, we read this, Matthew 1, verses 18 through 19. This is what Matthew writes. He says, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, this is the part I want you to really pay attention to. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. When Mary said yes to God, remember in our first reading from Luke, she did not ask Joseph his opinion first, right? She was betrothed to him before this angel visited her. She just said yes. And this was unheard of for a young woman in her day, absolutely unheard of, to say yes without consulting either her father or the man she was going to marry. She had no idea how Joseph was going to respond. But one thing she did know was that Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. And what this meant was that once Joseph discovered Mary was pregnant and he knew he was not the father, he was bound by the law to divorce her. 
This was not the day and age where a young girl winding up pregnant was celebrated in People magazine or on reality TV, right? This was a disgrace. And whether Joseph divorced her or not, Mary also knew that Jewish law stated that adulterers, which is what it was assumed that she was, were to be stoned to death. This was just the way it was. So Mary said yes to the risk and the mess of a potentially very dangerous future. This was no meek and mild little Mary saying yes to God with the breathless voice of an airhead. This was a young woman who looked her messy future right in the eye and she bet everything on God. And I'm not sure I am that brave. Are you? See, for some of us, especially young families, I watch you all walk in here on Sunday mornings, kids in winter coats crying, diaper bags draped over car seats, over purses, over weary shoulders. For some of you, it might mean literally trusting God with the messy, what's going to happen in the next two hours kind of future. That was my hardest time of life as a young mom of three little kiddos. I always had the expectation of a neat and tidy Sunday afternoon. Do not ask me why. I always pictured that we would have peace and reading and kindness and maybe some crafts and homey stuff and fresh baked cookies and familial bliss. But the reality always was after church, my kids were crabby, the house was sticky and messy, Chuck and I were zonked, we made mac and cheese from a box or just fed the kids Pop-Tarts, no shame, friends. They are fortified with vitamins, okay? <laughs> the TV was on and any crafts that happened were the impromptu ones involving Elmer's glue, permanent markers, spilled Play-Doh, and glitter that was somehow flung throughout the home. Merry Christmas. And I often missed the moment because I wanted it to be tidy. And some days, I would give everything. I would give everything to have that mess back in my life. Don't miss it. Or maybe the messy future that God might be asking you this morning to trust him with is something you're going to face this week or this month. Maybe it has to do with work or your studies, finals week, finals month, who are we kidding? Your finances, a relationship that is just teetering. I read that one in four adults is estranged from their family in this country. Or maybe the thought that you might not survive this Christmas season without a complete meltdown emotionally or financially. And I wonder if Mary might say to us, what if instead of worrying about the potential mess of our future and using all of our energy to try to manage outcomes, right? To try to grip things and make them turn out the way we want them to. What if we mentally handed over our futures to God? and chose to live fully, gratefully, expectantly in this one moment right now. This moment is all we're ever promised. This breath, 
messy or clean, tidy or not. This is it, friends. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Man, some of us are trying to avoid a messy future so desperately that we're missing the gift of the present moment that God places right in front of us over and over and over again. And I wonder what it would look like for us to be as brave as Mary and to simply say yes to the mess of whatever our future brings because he will be with us. As if those first two things, Mary's reputation and her future, weren't messy enough. As if they wouldn't have sent even the most bold and faithful among us to our beds, to a fetal position, with a gallon of Ben and Jerry's brownie bliss ice cream for a full weekend of mind-numbing Netflix. Mary didn't stop there. She didn't cower in fear and say to God, enough, enough, don't ask any more from me. Instead, <laughs> this brave warrior of a young woman spoke right to the unjust power structures of her day, right to the arrogant faces of those who held political power in her world. And this strong young woman said yes to the mess by saying no to the unjust status quo. And she wrote and sang this very beautiful song, again, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. It starts uh, about verse 46 and continues on to 56. So I invite you to read it or perhaps sing it if you want when you go home, make up any tune. But we're just going to look at a couple passages this morning, um, verses 50 and 50 to 55. This is what Mary sang after she uh, found out that she was going to give birth to God's son. She said this, God's mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Listen to this. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their th thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but he has sent the rich away empty. Listen, this song wasn't some light little jingle, right? This is about how God, through the coming Messiah, Mary's baby, was going to flip injustice on its head and reverse the power structures of the day. Mary was boldly announcing, even before Jesus was born, that her son was going to be king over all kings, even over King Herod the evil king of Israel who was still alive and who had overtaxed all of his own people and was going to kill his own family members and all the baby boys of Bethlehem born at the time of Jesus' birth. To that kind of unjust status quo, Mary, a teenage girl from Nowheresville, was just saying no. And I'm not sure 
I'm that brave. Are you? So here's a, a little bit of a harder, tougher question to ask during this warm and cozy Advent season, but the scripture begs the asking. Where might God be asking some of us to say yes to the mess by saying no to the status quo? Maybe this holiday season, some of us need to say no to status quo loneliness. Right? And maybe we need to do the potentially messy work of seeking out other people who are alone and asking them to join us to celebrate or seeking out those who need our time and service and pouring out our own lives for the sake of others. That's saying no to status quo loneliness. Or I think of some of the families in our church who are saying no right now to children languishing in the foster care system or desperately waiting to be adopted. And they are taking in foster kids and adopting little ones from all over the world. I think of others from Orchard saying no to neighborhoods that are being decimated and forgotten by our community and who have instead moved in and invested in places where others are moving out. I think about so many of you who are sponsoring children from Haiti and Mozambique and doing your best to help say no to global poverty and to say no at the same time to American kids who don't understand how wealthy they actually are. I think of all of the volunteers and friends who are saying no to families not being able to buy toys for their kiddos and who are spending countless hours prepping and then hosting Christmas in Walnut, Christmas in Grundy County, where neighbors can purchase toys below cost for their beloved kids and grandkids. And I picture those who just before Thanksgiving, I got to witness just a little bit of this, just before Thanksgiving, volunteers from our college-aged ministry and a band of Merry Kitchen Warriors, you know who you are, said no to the status quo of international students at UNI being unable to gather with their families over the Thanksgiving break. So they cooked because I smelled it, okay? They cooked and they hosted a home-cooked Thanksgiving meal for a hundred students from all over the globe. This world needs more people like Mary. Men and women willing to look at the unjust status quo around them, and even though it promises to be messy, trust God enough to roll up their sleeves and to say with their words and their actions, no, no more to the unjust status quo because Jesus is king. And that's what our king has always asked of his people all throughout history. And Mary cheers us onward. So Mary said yes to the mess with her reputation, with her future, and by saying no to the status quo, because saying yes to God mattered to her more than any of those things.
And her baby boy, Jesus, grew up and did the exact same things. He said yes to the mess with his reputation. And he was absolutely scorned and mocked and ridiculed by the religious and political leaders of his day. He did that for you. And Jesus said yes to the mess of a future that was guaranteed to end on a cross. He did that for you. And Jesus said yes to the mess of saying no more to status quo religious rules and laws that were supposed to save us, but never could, never can, never will. He did that for you. Jesus did all these things out of his desperate, relentless love for this broken, messy world. For our broken, messy neighbors. For broken, messy me. And for broken, messy you. God said yes to our mess in Christ. And he moved toward us and he continues to this day to move toward us in love. And it is only this move that can clean up our messes once and for all. And it is that that we celebrate at Christmas. Let's pray. Father, everything, especially on social media, tries to fake us into thinking that Christmas is supposed to be neat and tidy and perfect and curated. And yet everything in your word paints a different picture. And that is that that very first Christmas was messy. And that brave men and women stepped into that mess and risked everything in order to say yes to you because you loved this messy, broken world so much that you entered into it in order to make everyone clean. And we can't thank you enough. And so would you help set our hearts right as we start this season? Would you help each one of us now, through your spirit, feel your guidance and think about one way we can begin to say yes to the mess this Advent season out of obedience and honor to you. And now may we sing our hearts out no matter how messy we sound. Amen.